Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm delighted to be joined by Colin Watt who's joining us at a State of Mind studios. Colin, welcome back. Thanks for having us through again, Paul. 
Always a pleasure on a Wednesday to have you in to talk all things Celtic and uh, there's plenty, as always, there's plenty to discuss. Uh, the big news, Ryan Sessegnon. Now, we mentioned him, one of us, one of the panel mentioned Ryan Sessegnon maybe three, four weeks ago. Yep. So I think at that time it was speculation, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was appearing on some of the Celtic news sites. Uh, but there seems to be a wee bit of more credibility added to the suggestion that we might be interested in the 20-year-old Spurs left-back stroke left-winger. What do you know about that? So this appeared in the papers today, um, leading the story by the Daily Mail, um, who are saying that we are kind of one of several teams who are interested in Cessna Young. Um, and as you said, we were linked a couple of weeks ago. And I think it's a fantastic um, player that we would be getting if we do manage to to complete the deal and it, it is something that Celtic have done over the last few seasons is take players from these bigger teams on loan and develop them um, and I, I definitely would be very much for the, the deal it does sound as though if that is going to be the way that we're going then the Alfie Dotti deal won't be going through um, I know they just recently got taken over Charlton Athletic and um, the new owner was basically saying that he didn't want to sell the players on the cheap. He thinks that each player's got a value, but Celtic's value of the player and Charlton's value of the player's probably quite a bit apart, going by Lee Boyer's comments. So I did suggest last week that we would be moving into the loan market and looking at players that won't be in the 25-man the squads for the Premier League teams, mm-hmm. with Spurs signing Gareth Bale and signing the other boy from Real Madrid, which I can't pronounce his name, um, then that then becomes a player who is looking to get game time ahead of the Euros. Celtic, if we make the Europa League, he's going to have the chance to play on that stage mm. and he's also going to be playing um, week in and week out. I think he would be the first choice if he was signed. So all in all, it'd be a great deal if it goes through, but still plenty of twists and turns to go before this transfer window closes. You were talking there about... Um if you bring in a player of his quality, Sessignon being the first choice, this is following possibly the best performance in a Celtic jersey from <laughs> uh, Greg Taylor, who's come in for a lot of criticism this yep, season. Yes. But he certainly looked as though he turned a corner against Hibs. Yeah, I mean, definitely he had a great game. Um, Martin Boyle, another player that I've spoke of quite highly on this podcast, was kind of kept very quiet because of him. Mm-hmm. Um, he produced some... As the game got on, he got better. I think he started a bit shaky and grew into the game. Um, he put over a cross just before half-time, which was outstanding. I think Frimpong missed it at the back post. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game on uh, the weekend really suited Celtic. Um, I think Stephen Ray commented that the fact that Hibs came out and attacked Celtic was better for Celtic's formation and how they like to play. And I absolutely agree with that. When you see Celtic going forward on the counter-attack, it's when we really can hurt teams. Um, I take us back to the first goal at Livingston, Callum McGregor's. We're kind of driving forward the first goal against Motherwell. The goals at the weekend, it is when we are fast and breaking and we're getting direct balls out and swinging the balls in and things like that, as opposed to the passing from side to side, trying to break down two walls of five. Um, it's It suits Celtic better to have a team coming against us um, for us to have a go at them. And 
who knows, I, I think in a one-off game tomorrow night against Sarajevo, that could be the case. They, they'll certainly come out and want to have a go at us, so maybe he'll play into Celtic's favour. I think we gave a bit of credit to Hibs, Jack Ross and John Potter, because they could have done the same old as we've already seen from the likes of St Mirren, Kilmarnock, um, you know, come out and just park the bus 10, 11 men behind the ball. They didn't mm-hmm. do that. But because of that, you know, the flip side is that Celtic, if you, you go toe-to-toe with Celtic, they uh, have the ability to tear you to pieces. And I think the chance that you mentioned there, Taylor on the Frimpong, the kind of left wing back onto the right wing back, had that gone in just before half time, you'd have been looking at a 4 5 nothing uh, victory for Celtic in that second half. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the performances where we've scored a lot of goals this season, um, Hamilton at home, Ross County away, Hibs, these teams have all came and not started with one up front. They've all came with at least two or three up front, Mm -hmm. and they've certainly set up to at least have a go. And that is where Celtic, in my opinion, are are better uh, equipped, especially with this 3-5-2 formation. When teams go to have a go at us, it leaves space and that's when our two um, full-backs can get down the wings. Frimpong at the weekend was outstanding, some of the play he had um, getting down, the, especially in the second half when Turnbull was feeding him down the mm-hmm. right-hand side. He was mm-hmm. getting so much space um, and that's all because of the way that teams come up against us. We do have to find a plan B though that we can break down teams that are going to stick two walls or five against us um, and hopefully not just in the last minute like we did in the, the Europa League last week. You know, Colin, when you're talking, going back to the left-back scenario, because this conversation started off with that and moved on to Greg Taylor, um, when we're, we're looking at the, the names that have been mentioned, Ryan Sessegnon, he's a, he cost £25 million when he went to Spurs. He's 20 years of age and this would be what you would expect to be a long-term loan deal uh, to the end of the season, perhaps. Mm-hmm. There's no situation uh, because of the, the fee and because of the wages that we would normally and ordinarily have a player like that. But we've used that market well in the past. Um, people laugh and maybe snigger when you bring up the names of Ollie Burke, but in terms of his transfer fees uh, and the amount of money that every club has actually paid for, for uh, Ollie Burke... Mm-hmm. There's a player that Celtic couldn't go out and buy. So we, we bring him in on loan, good, bad or indifferent as he was. We are allowed to get a player. It enables us to get a player that ordinarily we wouldn't be able to, to buy. And I think the same could be same for Charlie Musonda, who when he moved was for several million pounds and mm-hmm. Timo Weir was the exact same. That was an incredible transfer fee. Uh, it was over 15 million quid when he, when he eventually left. Yep. So it's a market that you have quite rightly said we can utilise. And if you're bringing in the quality of a Sessegnon, I'm quite happy because you're giving, you're giving a player like that a platform, uh, as you say, European platform. Uh, a permanent signing, um, Alfie Dotti would be far more in keeping with Celtics, uh, not only the wage structure, but the transfer fee as well. Um, my suggestion uh, last week, I think it was, that um, he is still a potential purchase for Celtic, was met with some criticism from Charlton fans who have been having a dig on Twitter. That's fine, I can handle that. Um, and I can understand them not uh, you know, wishing for one of their star prospects to leave for a million pounds, which I think is the figure Celtic are looking to try and pick him up for. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's the comments Lee Boyer's been saying? Because I don't think he's got a great opinion of Scottish football at the best no, of times. No, he didn't, especially last summer when... Uh, the Joe Aribo thing was coming about and whether Celtic were interested or not and he eventually moved to to uh, Rangers. 
he was of the opinion basically that Scottish football was no better than the standard of League One and League Two, um, and that he would never turn into a player. Um, not that I've seen a lot of Aribo, but from what I, what I have seen, I think he's a, a great footballer, and he'll probably eventually make a move elsewhere. Um, and I think what people don't really understand is the platform Scottish football has. Yes, okay, it might not be the best standard of football, but you look at the players that have moved from Scottish football to bigger teams, mm. and not just from Celtic and Rangers. Um, there is players out there, you look at Ryan Fraser, left Aberdeen, Bournemouth, now he's at Newcastle, mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Gold, who's a, a, in a Portugal, players like that, um, McKenna just made his move to Nottingham Forest, that is the potential for a player to come up here, um, make an impact and then go back down to his parent club and find his way into the team. And the best example in recent times I think we've got of that is uh, the player from Leicester, James Madison, who was at Aberdeen for a season, didn't look much of a player up here, but now he's first choice down there, so... It's getting the game time, and I think for Sessingong, that's probably the most important part of his development right now. You know, it's naive for any manager not to realise this uh, down there. It really is, Colin. It's a f- you know fertile breeding ground for players who have gone down to um, England and further further afield. But it's not a new thing. We've, we've produced players that have gone down and played there. You can go right back to the fifties and probably beyond then. You know, when Celtic certainly were using that market and players were going down uh, to England, you know, you, you think about players such as Bobby Collins and Willie Fernie, for example, who uh, left and then into the 60s, we know about Paddy Crerand moving into the 70s era with David Hay, Lou McCarry, Kenny Dalgleish, into the 80s with Charlie Nicholas and Brian McLean, it goes on and on, so... Yep. Celtic and Scottish football have always produced the players that have been able to go and make that step up. I don't think anyone, uh, any Scottish fan, uh, would argue that it's not a step up moving down to England. Of course it is. But uh, it's very naive for anybody down there to think that, you know, this is the tin pot league that they make it out to be. And, you know, Alfie Dotti looking at where he is at the moment, if he has aspirations maybe to make a step up in English football, he'll know that players can come to Celtic and it's a good stepping stone for that. He'll get the European, the chance to play European football. And no disrespect is meant to Charlton or their fans when we're talking about players that we are interested in buying because obviously credit to them for producing a kid like that. He's, a, he's someone who can come up. He would be back up, I would guess, to Taylor. Um, whereas if you bring in Sessignon, he would be a first pick. Of course he would. But I think Celtic could do a deal for a player. We've shown that already with El Yunusi. We've showed it last season with Foster. We can bring someone up who's on big wages and who's been purchased for a big transfer fee and we can do a loan deal for players like that. So it doesn't seem as ridiculous as it maybe did when we first mentioned it, let's say four weeks ago. Well, I mean, there's a, the prime example. So we're looking at Sessignong. £25 million is what Spurs paid Fulham for him. And he had a great season before he moved. 16 goals coming from the sort of left back, left mid-range, um, talk of him being the next Gareth Bale, someone like that. Mm. We take a look at guys we've had before, guys you've actually just mentioned, uh, Masonda, I'm talking about guys like Jason Denier, Patrick Roberts, all guys that have moved for big transfer fees before they got to the Premier League. Yeah, And look what happened to them. They, they had to go elsewhere to get their football. Mm-hmm. Now, Alfie Dotty could look at that and say, there's very few players that make that move from the lower leagues to the Premier League and get the start right away. Whereas if he uses another team as a stepping stone, then you'll get there. 
Ivan Tony wanted to be playing in the, the Premier League this season. He's now at Brentford. He's seen that as his stepping stone. There's no there, there isn't a a way that it couldn't be that Dotty makes his stepping stone Celtic and I think as fans we can understand that's just the way things go nowadays. All the talk between now and Monday is going to be about transfers, Colin. And uh, I think Celtic fans, everybody realises that we're, we really need a left-back, be that backup or first-choice, depending on who's available. What's our plans for transfer deadline day on a Celtic state of mind? So, I mean, it's an exciting uh, meeting this morning when we're talking about this, thinking about what we can do. We're going to get Kevin Graham in a yellow tie, um, have him done up like Jim White. I hope he's watching and listening because I'm going to get some abuse for that. Um, I think now if, correct me if I'm wrong Paul but we won't be going live once or twice but it's going to be three times on transfer deadline day we will be having an extended treble, version treble. another treble mm. an extended version of the bulletin specifically just for transfer deadline day and I am very excited about it We'll probably be broadcasting for around six hours all in and um, that's going to be grim if nothing's happening but (laughs) there's always something else to deviate us uh, from the point. It would be good to have people out there on the ground up at Celtic Park, maybe Lennox Town but I don't think it's going to be possible. We'll be in here uh, morning, noon and night and we are planning to do a 10 till midnight show so that if there's any last minute activity we can get some reaction from the fans. I mean... Who else is going to offer that sort of coverage on transfer deadline day? Only a Celtic state of mind. And it's free. And all you guys have to do that are watching is give us a thumbs up, like, share, subscribe to, to a state of mind. We're so close now to 2,500 on YouTube. Mm. It'd be great to get there for the weekend. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. Now, today, um, we could probably do this every day on this day. You could probably do that in the history of Celtic every day on the bulletin. Oh, definitely, but, and there's a great um, Twitter account that posts all the videos and the matches from on that day's at Lulzy. Oh yeah, shout out to them um, until he gets chucked off. Pretty because much because it always happens. <laughs> it always happens. But uh, yeah, the footage is brilliant. But today, on this day, was born one of the greatest, if not the greatest, Celtic of all time, uh, James Conley Johnson. I mean, what can be said about Jinky that hasn't been said before? Um, to, even just to, to call him Jinky and uh, to call him the greatest settler of all time, it, it kind of it gives you goosebumps, doesn't it? I mean, I had the, the privilege of going to the, the Jimmy Johnson Academy at Kafkin Park and mm. the the kind of setup they have there of all the, the memories of, of Jimmy and um, all the, the people that he um, encountered throughout his career that then became his friend. Um, I remember watching his, his documentary that came out um, not long before he passed and he had the meeting with Eusebio um, and the the stories that they could share was, was incredible. Um, watching the, the footage of him, I think the, the, the game that sums up the player Jimmy Johnson was best is the Alfredo Di Stefano testimonial. Mm. Um, and just, that image of him with the ball in his hands. Oh, at the end. fantastic. Yep. Um, and... You're coming up against what well, I know we were the European champions, but the the best team in Europe at that point were most likely Real Madrid. When you're After looking, Celtic. yeah, when you're looking at the the players they had, and De Stefano is one of the football's greatest, um, and the fact that he personally invited Celtic and Jimmy Johnson to come and play in that game, 
um, is incredible. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh, yeah. Love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski, the dingarona, the ring-a-ding-ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. Incredible. The legacy that Johnson's left behind, for me, is one of the reasons why the number seven jersey is so important at Celtic. Um, oh, yeah. Th- th- yeah. You're absolutely right. You know, in terms of number seven, if you think number seven, you think Jinky, don't yeah. you? Um, and interestingly enough, you mentioned uh, De Stefano there and, you know, the the story goes and it is true that Celtic tried to sign him. Tried to sign De Stefano. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I'm support- surprised the board with us. Yep, absolutely. And um, I was just reminded of that the other day there from Neely Mocken, who sent me a, a newspaper clipping. Oh, I think De Stefano was 35 at the time. And our interpreter was John Cushley, who could speak Spanish and who played for Celtic. So we did try to sign him. You imagine that, seeing him in the hoops. There are certain players you would have loved to have seen in the hoops. I always think about George Best. I just think George Best, you know, in the 1970s, in that hoop strip with the floppy collar, what a sight to behold that would have been. I tell you what, we could do a full podcast on players that we'd have loved to have seen or were linked and could have... Made that move. Absolutely. Paul McGrath being one of my favourites. But um, <laughs> Jimmy Johnson, one of the, the best stories I've picked up over the over the last few years, getting to speak to various people who knew him, um, is the Fabergé egg story, Colin. Mm. And I don't know if I've shared this with yep. you, but I've, I went through, over the last year, I went through the process of trying to find every Celtic VHS video that was, that was released. And... Um, Everybody that uh, sent me videos free, Chaz, I've got to thank them for that because people were happy to do that. And I was able to build up what I think is a full collection, which um, at some point we'll do something with uh, without breaching any uh, copyright issues. Uh, but one of the finest out of all of the videos that w- was actually made was Lord of the Wing, mm-hmm. which was the proper documentary um, made about Jimmy Johnston and thankfully it was made during his lifetime that's when it was in production so that was the documentary that produced that incredible moment of Jimmy in the studio where um, I was going to call him Mark Burchill the Charlie, <laughs> Charlie Burchill and Jim Kerr and uh, they sang Dirty Old Town it was a brilliant documentary I, I really did enjoy it because I'm all about uh, bespoke Content, so they created their own content, didn't they? By doing things like that and taking them over to meet Eusebio, and I had the pleasure of uh, speaking to the producer of that film, uh, a gentleman called Jeff Healy. We went down to see him last year, and Jeff was brilliant because he got to know Jimmy really, really well in the last few years of his life and making the life story of him. And he told me the story about the Fabergé egg, right? Which everybody will know. Um, how unusual it was for Fabergé to create an egg of a living person, um, but of a Celtic player. I mean, it is, even when you think about it now, such a unique thing. And of course, what they did, they produced a, a, an egg for every medal that, that Jimmy Johnson won. So I think there was 19 eggs produced. And obviously, 
the, the, the most sought after one being the European Cup winner's egg. So Jeff Healy was instrumental in that. He was um, trying to get the, the film, the final edit of the film done and they were running out of time and the deadline was that night and they didn't have an editing suite to use, right? But they had to do it. It was the deadline. Mm-hmm. So he went to, I think it was Jamie Doran. Some might want to correct me on that. I have to check Google, IMDB. He was a director. And this was a dilemma. So as a lot of people do, they thought, let's go to the pub and we'll figure this out, right? And this was a kind of early afternoon. On the way to the pub, Jeff Healy realises that he's hungry. So he nips over to the deli across the road, gets talking to the girl and orders an egg sandwich. So she's making up the egg sandwich and she asks him, what he's doing in Ariel because he's not a local and he explains I'm making a film and I'm looking for an editing suite and we're going over to that pub to figure out how we're going to do it just by chance that girl says my uncle's got an editing suite so she phones whilst Jeff's waiting on his egg sandwich and the guy agrees because there's been a cancellation so they have their sandwich their pint and they go away to this editing suite and the guy who's editing it for them has no idea who Jimmy Johnson is but during the editing of the movie, which I think took eight, ten hours, he falls in love with Jimmy Johnston. He falls in love with this wee red-headed guy uh, playing for Celtic. And he says to them, you know, he would be a great subject for a project that my wife um, is involved in. My wife's best friend is Sarah Fabergé. Is that her name? Yep. Um, and that was the link. That he went in for an egg sandwich and came out with 19 Fabergé eggs. That is the link. That's how it happened. And um, obviously they, they were bought up at auction and in various places. I think Sir Alex Ferguson has got one of them. I think he bought one of them. Because Fabergé later did a George Best one, didn't he? Mm-hmm. As well. So there's the Fabergé egg. That's my favourite Jinky story. Uh, it just shows you the connection that the, the wee man had. The crossover. Uh. So many different... Um, Different people, all the the stories that we've we've heard over the the years um, of uh, so many famous celebrities going to visit him when he was sick. I know, um, I know, and um, his legacy will live on. And for any younger uh, viewers that are watching at the minute, honestly, get online, get looking at as much Jimmy Johnson stuff as possible. Um, it's it's incredible, and uh, God rest him, and all the best to to him and his family. It's it will be a, a sad day for them today. Absolutely. Um, but a time to look back and reflect as well, Colin. Now, we've got a massive game coming up on Thursday. You've already mentioned that uh, before we speak about your predicted 11. Let's have a look at some of the comments that are coming in via our social media, YouTube, Twitter and Facebook. And as Colin has already said, if you're watching on YouTube, click on the subscribe key. It's free of charge and we are producing... Um, quality content every day more or less Colin I would say Joe Porter who is regularly getting involved in these broadcasts reckons that it would be a good move for both Celtic and the player, we're going back to the Session Young story, mm-hmm. uh, Celtic could really reignite this lad's career and it would be just as much a threat on the left as Frimpong is on the right, that's really something to say yeah. but if that happened you know, and you got that same balance on the left taking nothing away from Taylor but if you got the same impact on the left in terms of creativity as you're getting from Frimpong that'd be a frightening prospect Oh definitely I mean Taylor is he's a left back he's not a wing back he's not a attacking full back he's a left back his best part of his game is his defence um, and he's still as many people have said adapting to the fact that when he's on the ball for Celtic 
he will be 50, 60, 70 yards away from his own goal, which he's probably not used to. Sesson Young, more used to that attacking side of games. His defensive capabilities will probably be on par, I'd imagine, with Frimpong. I've not seen a lot of him defending. A lot of the, the clips you see of him is him going forward and scoring goals. Mm-hmm. So you're right, the balance would then be two attacking fullbacks for when you're playing the 3 5 2. Red Scotland, another regular on the Celtic State of Mind broadcast that we do every weekday. Uh, To be fair, the Spurs lad would likely be a revelation up here and swiftly become undroppable. I do, however, prefer a longer-term approach by signing players outright. That said, Neil will know best. I think we would all prefer that, uh, but we're now in that situation, even before the pandemic, where, you know, that loan that loan market calling, particularly if you're going down to the English League where there's so many players that are simply not playing Mm first-team football, can really enhance your squad, either on a short-term basis or longer-term, like we've done with El Yunusi and previously with Forster and and the aforementioned Paddy Roberts, if I'm still allowed to mention Paddy. Um, You can mention him as long as I'm here. Well, Sessignon comes in, there's no need. I think that's me. I can stop talking about Paddy Roberts. (laughs) What do you reckon? I don't know. I mean... Paddy Roberts didn't play on the left. James Forrest looks as if he's going to be out for a wee while, so we might need some cover on the right-hand side. So uh, let's see what Pep's valuation of Roberts may be as the window approaches. He's not getting anywhere near the first team. Even Rory Delap's son's getting in the first team these days. So that must be a kick in the teeth for Paddy. As I say, I'm not allowed to mention him because every time I do, I get told to get over him. Uh, Gary McDowell, Session would be an exciting signing and would bring some creativity to our attack where Taylor struggles. Not so sure on his defensive capabilities. Funnily enough, without you seeing that, that's exactly what you've just yep. said there, Colin. The thing is as well, when uh, I think Red was talking about um, a longer-term option, Greg Taylor's definitely the long-term option for Celtic. We want to develop him into that first-choice left-back um, as we said, he's still got to develop the full-back options. Having someone like Sesson Young at the team and having extra quality in the squad is only going to develop these players as well. If Taylor can learn anything from Sesson Young, it will be how to play that sort of full-back role. So it's, I think it's kind of win-win. Oh, definitely. Now, Richard Murf- uh, Murray, who does join us on the, the uh, bulletin regularly, is commenting via... YouTube, so afternoon to you, Richard. And Owen McGrandles suggests that surely an England club, an English club rather, would pay his full wage. Uh, well, we will not. What's your thoughts on that? There is links um, to some of the English clubs. I think it was Southampton and maybe Wolves. I'm, I'm not sure somebody will correct me on that. Um, but they are the teams that are, are in about there. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they might pay more of the, the wages, but it's up to the player himself, isn't it? I mean, if uh, the player wants to come up and actually play in European football. Obviously, we need to get past Thursday night first um, and play in the big games. You look at what happened with Shane Duffy. Shane Duffy wanted to make the move to Celtic. Celtic couldn't pay all his wages. There was other teams that were out there that wanted to pay his wages, like mm-hmm. West Ham. Mm-hmm. And he made the choice himself that he was going to Celtic. So at the end of the day, it will come down to the player. It will come down to Celtic. It will come down to uh, Jose Mourinho and what he wants to do with the player's development. Um, and I know Josie has got a, a soft touch for Celtic, so maybe that will play into our favour as well. Well, it didn't in 2003, mate. Uh, Patrick uh, commenting via Twitter, can't see it, but what a signing he would be. I agree with that. Whereas the DJ of choice suggesting that Celtic are not paying £25 million for a left-back. Well, 
he's not a player that we're going to get permanently, is he? I no. mean, we're using the, the loan market effectively if we bring a player like that in. And maybe in the early days I was doing that, Colin, there was questions about why are we developing players for other teams when there's no kind of likelihood that we're going to sign them permanently. But under the circumstances and as things move on, um, you can see the benefit you know, of two or three players coming in with that in mind. Will we ever buy a player like El Yunusi? If he performs well with us in Europe, if he performs well at an international level, he'll be out of our price range. El Yunusi, wouldn't he? Definitely. I mean, you look at Edward as an example. He came in on a loan and we ended up paying £9 million for him, which is... You wouldn't have expected Celtic to pay £9 million. Even when... um, the kind of Brendan Rodgers going back to um, Neil Lennon's first term Tony Mowbray we were paying nowhere near that sort of fee I mean Scott Brown was still a record transfer at like four sorry not Scott Brown uh, Neil Lennon and Chris Sutton and stuff like that were still a record transfer at £6 million mm-hmm. and that had been the case for the best part of 20 years until we signed Edward I think if the, the players available and the funds are there and it makes sense for the club financially then they'll make the, the transfer um, but as you're saying, we're not going to sign a guy at £25 million. It's just out of our price range. The guy was bought for £25 million. Mm-hmm. Tottenham see him as a £25 million player. What is £25 million in English football? It gets you an Ollie McBurney. But this player is someone who has got a lot of potential. Um, and if we can develop them, it's all about this season for me. It's about winning 10 in a row. It's about getting guys like this in that can drive us towards that. Um, so for me it's a definite yes So short term under the circumstances but generally speaking after this season so much things are going to change Colin after this season anyway it's mm-hmm. something that we, we can't really we can't even tell you how Scottish football is going to look at the end of this season but after this season you're maybe then looking more at nurturing players and bringing players in for the long term I would guess Yeah I mean we've already started that I mean David Turnbull signing um, who I thought was fantastic on the second in the second half of the weekend, um, he will develop into a fantastic player for Celtic. You can already see the quality that he brings just in the fleeting appearances that he's got. Um, I'm sure that the the club is out there looking at the younger players, um, and we'll go on to some of them who have now moved out on loan shortly. Um, and there's other players probably out there that Celtic are are watching. I know, for example, that. Um, Nicky Hammond, who's our head of um, scouting now at Celtic, head of football recruitment, whatever his, his title is, was at Fur Park at the weekend. Um, and it's a surprise to me, actually, to see that one of the, the best players in that Motherwell side, Alan Campbell, another young player, is now being linked with Hibs and Faberdeen. Um, and they're talking that the transfer fees are around 200000 mm. This is a player I think Celtic could really develop and sell on um, down the line for maybe... 8, 10, 12 million pounds. I think the, the players are, he's got a, a really good future ahead of him. Some could say he's a replacement for Scott Brown in the future. Um, if, the, if deals like that are to be made, Celtic will go and make that for the future. But for the short term and to secure 10 in a row, if someone like Young becomes available to Celtic, for me it's a no brainer. The thing with the uh, the Campbell deal is due to the, the contract running low and obviously they're just trying to cash in in any way they can so the two to three hundred grand isn't an indication of what they actually value him at Colin and I think when a, a player like that goes from a club like Motherwell to Hibs Aberdeen 
I just instantly think back to McGinn and I'm not comparing him as players but the scenario of a player that showed loads of promise at St Mirren he goes to Hibs and when he continues that development at Hibs then you know the transfer fee goes through the roof I say through the roof it was about 3 million quid or 3.2 and then you get the English clubs involved um, and, and interested in them. So I think what you're saying there is get the boy at this stage of his development. And um, obviously you're going to pay a lot less for him, two or, two or 300 grand. You could even loan him back, you know, because yeah, he's not going to get a game this season. No, I wouldn't think he would. Um, and he, he can play. I mean, he's definitely one of Motherwell's top players at the mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Um, guys that you're talking about, I mean, we've seen Lauren Shanklin move from Air to Dundee United and he's, he's starting to score the goals in the, the Scottish Premiership. He'll move on. Lyndon Dykes just got a £2 million move down to QPR. Um, there is guys like that that are out there that teams like um, Hibs, Aberdeen, Dundee United are taking a chance on mm-hmm. um, and they're reaping the benefits for it. And I think that's something that Celtic should tap into as well. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we have uh, Richard Murray coming back to say the club must have been listening in yesterday. A few hours later, they announced <laughs> the Sarajevo game is available to us, season book holders, as we talked about. Does the club listening to the Celtic State of Mind podcast or bulletin, Colin? I think they probably do. Maybe they'll get some transfer hints off us. We, we mentioned Sesson Young a couple of weeks ago. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. We did, and I think Duffy was mentioned in the early stages as well by Stevie Mullen. Could have been, yeah. You mentioned Duffy as a potential, and lo and behold, he signs. We have no influence at Celtic. <laughs> um, you know, even though we were banging on about Roderick and Griffiths getting back in, and lo and behold, they're on the bench. Let's have a wee think about the team then on Thursday night, talking about Roderick and Griffiths. I don't expect to see them on the bench, Colin, on Thursday night. What is your predicted lineup? So I've went with Barkas and goal. Mm-hmm. Um, Frimpong, right fullback. Um, although he has travelled out there I don't think we'll take the risk on Christopher Julian So I think the three at the back will stay with Beaton, Duffy and Ayer um, And Taylor will come in at left wing back um, In the middle of the park I've went with Brown, McGregor and Cham mm. um, And I'm thinking probably up top It will be Edward maybe partnered with Elinousi Well Looking at some of these, you look at El Yunusi few few weeks ago, not a first pick. Mm-hmm. Um, Beaton, certainly not a first pick, but these guys have come in in the last couple of weeks and obviously they're certainly going to be starting for you. El Yunusi, have we found his best position? I've always said he's better through the middle than what he is out wide. I, I see him as more of a, a link-up player with the, the striker, sort of like a shadow striker off the, the, the main one. Um, I've always thought that him and Edward have a great partnership together they seem to play well if you look at the second half there at the weekend um, there was a lot of interplay between the two of them mm. it was interesting to see Lennon come out in the comments after the game saying that himself and Eddie have been working 
in training because they think that he's not at the peak of his game at the moment and I think a lot of Celtic fans will agree with that he's he's certainly been off the boil for a couple of weeks but if we can get him linking up with um, Elanoussi um, I think that's that's a really good partnership up there And Beton now you reminded me this morning when you came in Colin that we done a series of podcasts a few months back and we were looking at the team of the decade but basically looking at the team of the nine in a row era uh, because I always go on about this uh, this plan, this succession plan where you bring a player in like Van Dyke and he develops, you sell him on. And imagine we were able to have kept a, a side together mm-hmm. and you would have a side capable of doing something a wee bit more in Europe, I suggest. Uh, so we both had uh, a lineup in mind. I can't even remember what Mings is off the top of my head, but you chose Beaton. I had Beaton at centre half and I got slaughtered for it. Yeah, you got slated. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the, uh, the amount of comments I've seen on social media this week saying he's Mr. Celtic, he's Mr. Reliable, he's a couple of comments I, I couldn't really agree with. A, a lot of people said he's caused no drama since he's been here. I think with the political nature of Celtic and um, some of the posts that he's made, he has had a couple of dramas here and there. But he is Mr. Reliable for Celtic. He slots in whenever Celtic call upon him. Um, and he's a guy who has probably found his level at Celtic. He's not going to make a move down south. Um, his next move will be to a lesser club when he does move on. But I think he's only like 28, 29 or something like that. He's not even that old. Um, and be we quite deceptive him. sometimes with players. You think they've been around forever, you know? Yeah. But we got him fairly young, didn't we? Yeah, definitely. And we, we moved him sort of from that holding midfielder into a, a defender and... Um, I mean, let's be honest, there was times when we were going through Champions League qualifiers and our back line was Beaton and O'Connell and we still managed to get through games. Um, but he, he seems to be that common influence amongst Ayer and Duffy at the moment. Mm-hmm. Duffy's still trying to get his feet at Celtic. Um, looks solid at times, looks shaky at other times. Ayer has this tendency to fly into a tackle um, and go to ground. Beaton is so calm and composed on the ball. Um, and I think you need that ball-playing defender if you're playing the three. See, when we're, we're looking at Beaton, and there have been occasions in the past where I've said things on a podcast, then I think, did that actually happen, or have I imagined it, or maybe dreamt it? And you made me doubt myself about Larson with his moustache. Remember <laughs> the Larson moustache um, in that game that he made his comeback uh, in against uh, Dundee United last game of the season, and he had a he definitely had a moustache. And then somebody the video. produced yep. a video of him. Can I remember Beaton trying to hide the sponsor because it was alcohol. He, sta- he was on the sideline coming on as a substitute and um, he was trying to turn his top up to hide the alcohol branding. I think um, it's the I first time that? you've mentioned it, but it, I mean, wouldn't surprise me. Also, Somebody out there can put me right on that. He, if you remember back as well, he found an extra letter in his surname. Mm. For a long time he was B-I-T-O-N. That's right. And then... Uh, one season started that he had a double T in there. I know. So I don't know if someone found his passport or what it was, but Mark Vaduka used to be Marco. Marco Vaduka. Can you remember that? And he uh, dropped the O. But bit young. He dropped the O. So Sarajevo Thursday night, yes, we will finally uh, be able to to tune in because that was a big concern yesterday, Colin. And um I'm pretty sure Celtic had something lined up all morning that um JP Taylor said that there was going to be an announcement, I think, at some point yesterday. I think they said he was working, they were yeah. working on it. There was some talk of it being on Eurosport, but it was just live text. And then 
Um, I think generally the rights of this round go to BT Sport. Right. Um, this is where their contract kind of comes in for Champions League and Europa League. Um, but there might be some FA Cup tie or something that takes precedent because they don't really care about Scottish football. Fair play to the club for getting that one over the line, Colin. And we can all enjoy it on Thursday night as part of the season ticket, the virtual season ticket. Now, still talking about transfers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Ayer there, and Ayer is still being linked to various clubs. The big, the big link, of course, is to AC Milan. Uh, transfer fee wise we've seen things ranging from 14 to uh, upwards of 20 how much is he worth it's difficult to say I certainly don't want to see any of our first teamers sold on the cheap you know we watch in the morning we watch the uh, the Sky Sports uh, news roundup of the transfer latest mm-hmm. and things like that some of the fees that we're still seeing are shocking you know under circumstances where you've got clubs going out of business, like Macclesfield yesterday, they've been wound up. Mm-hmm. Um, yet some clubs are still able to pay forty hundred million pounds for players. It's, just, it's astonishing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that transfer, the, the, the discussions are ongoing at the minute with Man United and uh, Dembele from Barcelona. You're talking in the region of hundred million for that. And the, the boy's played 10 games in the last 18 months. He's, he's very injury prone. Um, they could have spent the money more wisely, but as... I assume you're about to go on to some of the money that's been suggested for transfers down south is just eye-watering and to me a complete waste of money. Well, this is a big thing. Obviously, there is the situation in relation to the finances. Everybody knows that. There's going to be a massive um, gaping hole in the accounts for every club. Celtic are no different. Uh, Obviously, our matchday revenue is massive, Colin, when you think about the people through the turnstiles. And um, the money spent per head uh, mm-hmm. within that stadium. Chris Sire is one of the guys who's been linked to AC Milan. I've seen absolutely no concrete links um, of Christy to Burnley or Eduard to Arsenal or in Cham to Southampton. I've not seen any of these links. It's just paper talk as far as I'm aware. So uh, Ayer could be the one and only player that may well move within this transfer window. Don't want to see it happening. Absolutely not. Um, because centre half, it would it would mean we would need to bring in another body. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Beaton has come out of the kind of shadows in the last few weeks and performed so so well that he's never first pick. He would certainly start for me as well. But if you're going to lose, Ayer, you're back into that situation. You know, pre Duffy, we were crying out for another yeah. centre half. You're then looking at James Tarkowski, Burnley to Leicester for an estimated forty million pounds, just an astonishing transfer fee. If that happens, you've got Philip Benkovic, who's going to be surplus to requirements. Is he in the same bracket if Paddy Roberts get over him? What do you reckon? I, I would loan de- deal. I would definitely take him on a loan deal. Um, Only a, if Fire goes, or no? I still think there's there's a place to bring in a fourth centre defender at the minute. Right. Um, look, at the minute, Beaton wouldn't have been everyone's first choice to throw in it centre-back at the minute. El Hamid would have probably been the choice because he is more of a, a centralised um, centre-back. Although he plays right-back, he's, he's comfortable in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, and Beaton coming in, he's done it pretty well for club and country so far this season. But you don't want to get to a point where we could be playing on one of these plastic pitches and a couple of people pick up injuries and you're maybe playing with Beaton and El Hamid at centre-back mm. with whoever amongst them. Um, a proper makeshift 
partnership. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you want to bring someone in. I know there's a lot of um, hope for Stephen Welsh, um, but I think there might be another one that moves out on loan before the, the window closes. Um, so I would definitely want to have the fourth natural centre-back there that could come in to the team. Um, so if the deal was there for Benkovic, I think it's another one that we should maybe pursue. There might be other guys out there that can play centre back that we're looking at as well. But if you're going to play three, it's that the back familiarity, season, isn't yeah. it? When I, I mentioned players like Benkovic, because you know him, you've seen him. It's a bit like uh, the aforementioned Paddy Roberts, if I'm allowed to say his name. <laughs> uh, but Benkovic, he's, he's never going to make a career at Leicester. No, that was a, a bit of a wasted transfer there. I think they paid something in the region of eight, nine million pounds for him. Um, and then didn't play him for a season. They went on loan to Celtic, went on loan to Bristol City, I think, last mm. season. Yep. Um, for maybe the only the second half of the season. Uh, but the the guy when he was here was was quality. He was a, a quality player. Um, again, another ball playing defender as well, but could win the balls in the air, win won his battles, won his duels, um, and definitely someone that for me would be welcome back to Celtic Park. Definitely. Now you mentioned uh, young Welsh perhaps going out on loan We've seen a few other youngsters being uh, shipped out on loan deals Colin It goes back to some of the points that were uh, raised last week About fringe players you know And I mentioned you know Ralston, the forgotten man These are the types of players that if you can't get a permanent deal Get them out on loan And of course Jonathan Afolabi has gone out for his second loan deal Since joining the club yep. uh, This time to Dundee And he got off to a cracking start didn't he? Yeah, goal last night. Um, Dundee were playing, I think it was Montrose, and won 4 0. Um, even a goal from Charlie Adam, I forgot that he'd signed for Dundee. Um, I think big uh, John Brown, our pal, he'll be delighted with that. Um, not that John Brown. Not that John Brown, another John Brown. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is what we're talking about. There's no reserve football this season. Mm-hmm. Um, even before COVID hit, there was talks that there wasn't going to be reserve football this season. So you've got to get these guys out and you've got to get them out on loan. Someone that I think may also leave on loan before the window's closed is uh, Ewan Henderson. Um, especially when you look at who's ahead of him, you're probably looking to get someone like that game time. Afalabi's went out, O'Connor's went out, um, Hazard, Duhan. There's, there's been quite a few that's went out this season and that's good you want these guys to be playing football week mm. in week out mm-hmm. um, and I'd imagine that there will be clauses in the, the loan deals that if Celtic ever hit an injury crisis in January then these players will come back much like Welsh did last season so yeah. um, let's get these guys game time let's help their development um, and if need be let's bring them back home They've got to get the games, that's a big thing Colin, because there's, there's that point in the development where even if they're playing and they're playing in, in kind of youth or under 18s or whatever, under 20s playing against guys the same age, they're going to stop developing and they need to have that step up so mm-hmm. we asked the question of James McDonough um, who joined us for the St Mirren game and he's the manager of Edinburgh City and he was explaining how there's that option of for example, his team bringing in four players from one team on loan. So you could get four young guys coming in from Celtic to Edinburgh City. And from that, you know, one of those players might benefit by going back to Celtic and, and getting some game time. But some of them may also then become familiar with other teams within the league so that if the time comes that they're freed eventually, um, some of the other clubs already know about them and they might pick up on it. Or, or indeed, you might end up 
um, like the the youngster recently who ended up going to Blackburn Rovers, yeah, having Conor yeah, McBride, yeah, McBride, and he'd he'd already played for Stenhouse Muir, uh, so he'd got his first uh, team experience. And there's clubs down south with the under twenty three league, and they think, why not? Yeah, McBride is the prime example of that. Um, as you said, went on loan to Stenhouse Muir last season. Uh, I think he's only 17, 18 or something like that so he's playing against seasoned professionals there as well um, made his move to Blackburn and I think he scored a couple of goals in the, the under 23 league last night so um, fantastic for him um, there's been other guys like that as well um, I'm trying to remember the, the, the centre half who's now at Stuart Finlay who moved to Newcastle yeah. under 23s now he's uh, a rock in the, the heart of the command of defence. So Scottish cap. Yeah, there's uh, there's definitely opportunity. We're, we're going to develop players, not just for Celtic, but for Scottish football and for other teams because of the attractiveness for youngsters to come and be a Celtic player for that period of time. And we should take that as a, a positive on our development if we can bring through players. We're not always going to bring through 11 guys that are going to play first-team football for Celtic. But if they go on and have a, a good career, that should be a pat on the back for the coaches that have brought them through. Yeah, as long as they don't end up like Shea Given and Andy Robertson. Yeah, I mean... To that level. I'd, li- I'd like the best ones to stay with us. Whoever let them go probably could get sacked. But <laughs> other guys... Um, I mean, look at Robbie Dees. Robbie Dees signed a three-year contract to Inverness Cali mm-hmm. after being on loan at Alloa last season. That's that's gave him security for the next three seasons. Yeah, there's which plenty, is fantastic. There's plenty of players like him as well. Um, do we know where Kundai Benu is yet? Aldershot Town, and they were actually on BT Sports Score at the weekend. Uh, Jeff Brazier, the Jade Goody's ex-husband, was actually at the game and also playing for Aldershot Town. Ross McCormack, really. That is the, the level he's got to now. Well, there you go. Now, um, we were a bit concerned after the goal from Albion Ayeti because uh, we have spoken a fair bit about that partnership that we hope to see developing between him and Eduard at Celtic Park. Uh, but he got the injury having scored the goal. The big concern was his fitness for the, the Rangers game. Colin, what's the, the latest on that? So, kind of just came into us in the last half hour or so uh, straight from the horse's mouth Neil Lennon is saying that Albina Yeti has a chance of being fit for the, the Rangers game mm. um, don't expect him to be in the starting 11 for that game but be a good option to come off the bench for the last half hour we don't want to rush him back it is a hamstring injury and you've seen what happens when guys come back too early from a hamstring injury but looks as if it wasn't as bad as first thought he won't make the Switzerland squad for their game's coming up um, next week. Mm-hmm. But, again, I mean, you look at his form. If he keeps up that ratio, we could be talking about a new record goal scorer in the Premier League. Oh, no. It's been incredible so far. And, you know, for that game against Rangers, we will do a, a very um, uh, special broadcast the night before, a wee bit later. Uh, we'll get as many people involved in that as we possibly can as well. And don't forget, in December, we're going to have to go we'll probably go live as well because we'll be nominated for the Best International Podcast at uh, Football Content Awards. It's uh, something that normally you would attend in person. It was actually at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium this year. We can't go in person, but we'll we'll do a broadcast and we'll keep everybody updated as to whether we're going to win it this time round. It would be a great accolade if we did. Definitely. And um, Paul, it's a testament to you and what you've done over the last couple of years. Um, as you said, won it in two years ago. 
back up for it this year. And I'm sure with the, the new subscribers and the new viewers to the podcast, it's actually great to see people coming in every day saying that they're new to it. Um, no, that's brilliant be- to see that. Because it means that we're now getting out to a wider audience. And it's thanks to our, our people that's been with us since day zero. Um, who are liking, sharing, subscribing, passing it on to their friends. It gets it out to the Celtic fans. And it's not just Celtic fans that tune in. I know some Hibs fans, mm-hmm. even some Rangers fans watch. Um, some that I'm are record. Some that are quite complimentary, some that aren't. Um, but look, this is a, a podcast for the fans, by fans. We are fans ourselves. We are not in any way connected to the club. And we just want to provide you guys something that you can watch on a daily basis and uh, Paul and his team here have been absolutely fantastic over the last couple of months uh, throughout this virus and the plans that I've seen for the growth going forward are incredible so um, keep keep up with us, stay in line, pass on the, the, the links to the, the podcast and the live streams and honestly, look forward to some of the content coming up over the next few months. Big plans, big plans. So we won it in 2018. We're a finalist in 2020, Colin, which begs the question, what happened in 2019? Because uh, <laughs> we weren't even nominated. Uh, moving on. <laughs> so who knows, who knows. Now, uh, final point before we, we go back to the, the comments being made on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter is on the man of the moment, Jeremy Frimpong. I mean, we knew what he could do, Colin. We've seen it when he first came into the team. There was that unknown quantity when he first came in and he was running defenders ragged. There was then that wee bit of familiarity. They did go in a bit heavy on him uh, last season and then he faded a bit. Um, This season he's back with a bang, which has resulted in the one and only Danny McGrain making comments about his his potential. Yeah, obviously if you're you're looking for a, a fullback of that's came through Celtic's history to to praise you Danny McGrain is the number one choice and um his words have been on Frimpong of very very complimentary uh he expects that Frimpong will be here for the foreseeable future and his words were if he isn't then expect to see 50 million pounds in the bank now that's a that's a big ask to put on such a young player but it's it's not the the value I think I don't think that's where Danny's going with that. What he's saying is the boy is really quality, um, and in an emerging market, if you had a Frimpong playing for a a Burnley or an Everton, then that is the kind of price range you'd be talking because, as you said, Tarkovsky's meant to be going for forty to fifty million, and he's hopeless. Um, so yeah, I mean Frimpong, it's fantastic to see someone come in like that. We didn't expect it when he signed him. When we signed a corner and we signed Frimpong on the same day, the talk was that a corner would be the first one to break through. Yeah. Um, and through injury, um, we brought in Frimpong and he's not looked back. He, he gives his all. Um, the, that game at the weekend, he was non-stop for 90 minutes. The engine that he's got on him is incredible. Mm-hmm. And as you say, he's going to get roughed up, but it'll make him a better player. That's what happened to Kieran Tierney. Um, and look at where his career went. So... For Frimpong, um, I, th- I think he's just buzzing to be playing first-team football and that's what we're talking about with these guys that are under-23 teams. If they want to make their name and they want a, a chance to play regular football, then why not come up to Scotland? I know, it is a great advert for that, Colin. You know, come up, play in Europe. And uh, he was a star man last week against Riga 
and I wouldn't bet against it again this week. Mm. Uh, now, Sean McCrory, you're commenting via Twitter. Session Young on one side, Frimpong on the other would be absolutely frightening. Yeah, as some prospect. Let's be honest. Uh, Francie. WLU commenting on YouTube if uh, you're watching on YouTube please subscribe everyone afternoon gents if the last session on is open to coming up here I would definitely bring him up it's caught my eye on many occasions over the last few years and Gary Doonan welcome back on Facebook Gary this is Lennon's 10th European away game since his return only lost one the dead rubber at Cluj good start that that's a great start yeah fantastic I know we get that game Oh, what are you going to say? Were you at it? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the, the relevance of that game was we were looking at um, Scott Sinclair, who came back in from the cold, didn't he? As yep. did Lee Griffiths that night. Both of them failed to impress. Uh, but it was a European debut for two young Celts, one of whom has been pushed out on loan so far yep. uh, this season and the other is of course Karamoko Dembele mm-hmm. so his fortunes have changed since then but he became the youngest ever Celtic to play in Europe that night at the age of 16 which is astonishing really isn't it? Yeah definitely um, and we hope obviously his development will continue throughout the year um, with Forrest being injured you'd think that's maybe his chance to try and get in on the right hand side um, where he was playing pre-season so We'll see what's happening behind the scenes, but maybe he'll appear on the bench at the weekend. Um, also, it was good. To, it was uh, great news coming out. This, the Sinclair family—they're expecting again. Um, so, congratulations to Scott um, and Helen for their upcoming arrival. You're a sick. So, Kevin <laughs> Graham. Uh, Kevin Graham. 2019 was a development year. Difficult second album. I think he's talking about Axon. <laughs> it's a strange one that because. When I look at what we were doing in 2019, it was much better than 2018. So these things are unusual. You can't read too much into it. It's a great accolade if you win an award. It's absolutely brilliant. And it's a, it would have been a great night out. So we'll just have a great night in and we'll do it all um, from the live broadcast um, as well from the from the studio. So looking forward to that. And uh, Bernard Bernard or Bernard Bernard, who knows what your name is there, but um, welcome to the show. Superb production from you lads. Wish you were about in the 80s and the 90s. I mean, going back to, <laughs> to those times, I was a I was a proper Not The View man, uh, sending my contributions into Not The View. Colin, that was before your time. Yeah, um, yeah. you just said about the, the Henrik Larson comeback game, that was my first game uh, at the age of uh, five. So, showing my age. John McVeigh. Uh, Frimpong for 75 minutes Dembele for 15 we're really going with what we've heard you know unless you're one of these people and I know some of them some of the, the guys that tune in here Colin I've, I've got a close eye on the, the youth setup at Celtic uh, we don't see a, a, a lot of the, the players do we so no. Dembele what can he do it's all been hype up to this moment and I think this season is all about him you know sitting on the bench and coming in for 15 minutes here and there and being happy with that. I mean, he couldn't possibly expect any more as a 17-year-old at this stage. No, and I think as well what you've got to remember is we've got nine subs that we can choose from and he has to work hard to be one of those nine because we have, as you mentioned, guys like Lee Griffiths, Rogic, um, as we keep bringing players on, people move to the bench. That bench at the weekend was very, very strong. For me, I think Dembele is... Fighting with Klamala for a place on the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say that uh, 
he's got that attacking option. He proved it against St. Uh, Hibs when he scored his goal. And he should be looking to fight for a place on the bench. And if he's not content with that, he's not happy with the minutes that he's getting, then I don't know what, what he can expect because he's not proven anything on the park to suggest that he's any better than what we're playing. See, the big thing for me, and I remember when he, the hype started um, you know, developing around this young kid, and I was at pains to avoid the comparison between Karamoko Dembele and Islam Farouz, right? Mm-hmm. Because what you didn't want is you didn't want young Dembele's career to go down the same path, and I'm not suggesting that it is. But an interesting point I would make is that I was speaking to Gordon Strachan in January, Mm-hmm. And Gordon Strachan spoke about Farouz And he said that at the time Celtic fans and Celtic as a club Might have been disappointed That we lost him for a development fee to Chelsea As it was at the time But actually it was a great bit of business Because look what he's done since yeah. Nothing Yeah I mean what is he playing Sunday league or something Someone said the other Kicking day. a ball with his mates you uh, know? What a waste of a talent I mean when you look at the time and effort that I think he's Tom- 24 now Colin Tommy Burns put so much effort in Yeah you? And then the club put so much in effort into him. His family were facing deportation, and the the club helped him with the home office, and they they put him up in a big house, and there was so much hope for him. He played in Tommy Burns' yeah. um, memorial game, and he did. Uh, it's just I, I hate seeing it. I, I hate seeing someone with such talent just develop the wrong attitude, and it, it, they just waste the talents that they've got because. I know I would kill for the chance to put that Celtic jersey on and just play one game for the, the team and they they just kind of threw it away. Well, that that's the point. That is the point. And the thing with his development was it, it was the wrong time for him to move. It was all about the agent who took over from John Calhoun, who we had in here maybe nine weeks ago, uh, a couple of months back. John was speaking about representing Islam Farouz for a spell. Um, but as soon as an agent that comes in who has got absolutely no connection whatsoever to Celtic Football Club, it all becomes about making a profit off that player, often to the detriment of the player's long-term career. There, there you've got a kid there who has not developed and at 24 he's out of the game. And mm-hmm. he's been out of the game now for a year. Mm-hmm. So the chances of him entering at any level are slim to none. Yeah. Now, Karamoko Dembele at this stage, as I said, should have been part of the squad throughout the season, Colin. Mm-hmm. He was on the bench. He was one of the first 20 names on that team sheet, which at the age of 17 is an amazing achievement. Mm-hmm. Having made his debut at 16, made his European debut at 16, sat on the bench against Hearts in the Scottish Cup final. That development was going at a good pace and a good rate for him. Mm-hmm. Now he's not even quoted. Uh, what do you do with him? So you want to keep him at the club because we've invested so much time and years of development in the player. And of course, he's worked hard at Celtic. Do you do you loan him out? Do you try and get him game time then? And if so, where do you loan him? You know, Do you keep him close to home? Because you don't really want him to be playing in the lower reaches of no. Scottish football, right? But then where can he go? Where, where would he play? I think there's very few options for him, especially in Scotland. His brother plays for Peterborough. Um, and if he's not careful that could be his next move as well because there's not going to be teams down south that are going to snap him up there's not going to be teams abroad that are going to snap him up if there was potential for that to happen 
he would have moved the same way that Liam Morrison's moved, the same way that Aaron Hickey's moved, the same way that uh, Barry, um, sorry, forgot his surname, has moved in that sense. Mm -hmm. His contract's up next summer. It is a massive year for Dembele. If he's going to leave, then Celtic will still get a development fee if he moves down south. If he's wanting to stay at the club, he has to sign a new deal. He has to get into training and prove to Neil Lennon that he is mature enough to play in what is one of Celtic's most important seasons in a long, long time. And the opportunity to play first team football due to the and yes, it's only two games, but you know the additional competition this season that, that's been uh, carried over from last season. You know, we're playing in five tournaments, Colin. Mm -hmm. um, the league being the bread and butter and the priority, which may mean that players are rested in some of the other tournaments, perhaps the League Cup. Um, that This is an opportunity for him to actually get game time. And as you say, hopefully, Neil Lennon, because I, I've got great faith in Neil Lennon's man management, I really do, uh, because I think the way that he's treated and dealt with some of the players that uh, have been under his tutelage and his second spell has been brilliant. Lee Griff has been the case in point. We've brought he's brought him back twice in the short space of time that uh, Neil Lennon's been back. You know, mm -hmm. the first time being last season. This season he's been written off again. He's he's back in the in the plans. He's back in the first team squad. You've got a player in Roderick who was almost transferred out. Neil Lennon's got him back in the squad. In Cham last summer was talking about a move quite vocally to the French press. Mm -hmm. Lenny was able to uh, get a tune out of him. So I think if there's one one person who can turn the situation around, it's Neil Lennon. Yeah, definitely. And I, I hope he does. I really do. I mean, as we say, we hate seeing young talent go to waste, um, especially when every single one of us that are watching this would kill to throw that Celtic jersey on and, and play in a season like this. So. Some of us have done it <laughs> at Celtic Park. Um, but do you know what? I mean... If he moves on, and I, th I don't know how many people will actually be overly bothered at the fact, um, because as we said after Neil Lennon came out um, and said that there was players that wanted to move on, we are interested in the players that are here, that want to play for Celtic, and want to be involved in this team as we go for 10 and beyond. Um, we could be in a position this season where we're playing four games a week, the way Spurs are this week. Mm -hmm. Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. That is, you're going to rotate the squad. You're going to want players that can come in and play and give their all for the jersey. Um, so I, I hope Karen Moko Dembele is part of that. And I hope we're still in all those competitions this time next week, Colin. Definitely. All that's left for me to say is thank you to everybody for getting involved via YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. And thank you to Colin Watt for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Hail, hail. What's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything, but losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. 
So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.